manage up Stand your ground and know what's up Get your point across Peacefully Get your point across Intelligently yeah. Manage up Stand your ground and know what's up Get your point across Peacefully Get your point across Intelligently hey. You gotta manage up Welcome, Carol, to Manage Up Podcast, and I am excited about having you here to discuss a topic that you brought up, so thank you for a topic. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, give us a little bit of introduction about you. Um, share whatever you want. I, I, I don't, you know, have a scripted introduction, so share whatever you want to share with us, with the audience. Okay, um, so I'm Carol, and Teresa and I go way back, um, well over 20 years when we worked at um, USA Today many moons ago. Um, I consider myself to be pretty easygoing. Um, I'm a mom of three, grandmother of two, and um, I think I would say gauge that people gravitate towards me um i have very few friends um and they are very important to me but what i like is how organic our friendships are and it becomes really challenging if it's um not easygoing yeah. <laughs> yes. So thank you for introducing yourself. And, you know, manage up tribe. I'm just real straightforward, direct. So what we're going to talk about today is, are you a high maintenance friend? Yeah. So Carol and I have a definition of that, being that we've been friends for, what, like 24 years? Mm-hmm. We have this thing where we may not talk to each other on the phone, through Facebook or whatever, but we text, reach out to each other, whatever way we do. And we pick up where we left off. But we found something that happens when we try to do this with other friends. And describe what experiences you've had, Carol, that you know, are synonymous with high maintenance friends. What happens right after you hit send? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll give you an example. Um, see, it's a, I think it's a generational thing. Some people communicate very differently, some um, age demographics. So when I hit send to one of my seasoned friends who were around the same age, um, one example is, I would sometimes not hear back or I will hear back saying, can't you ever pick up the phone and call somebody? Or, mm -hmm. um, wow, um, hey, stranger, where have you been? Um, it gives a sense of kind of a disconnect as if there's no fluidity um, to, to the relationship. It also gives a sense of a one-way perspective. Can't you ever pick up the phone and call? 
The first thing I read into that is, have you ever told me that calling is your preferred method of communication? (laughs) And does the phone only ring one way? If you're thinking of me and you want to talk to me, why aren't you brave enough to call me? Why is the onus on me to maintain this friendship? That is an excellent point. And and I don't recall thinking it quite like that though. But now that you've said it, it makes um it just it just resonated with me. The fact that it then created the 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 environment that is a one way friendship. I'm supposed to call you all the time. And if I don't call you then then shame on me, you bad friend, you you haven't called me. Um, but you're not, it's not reciprocal. So it's a, it's a good way of, of, of highlighting that. I didn't even think about that. See, my um, engagement with my friends is not a measured thing. I am not sitting here counting. Oh, it's my turn to call now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. she called me three months ago. Oh, you know, I'm not sitting there counting stuff. Um, I just, you may just pop in my head right? Mm-hmm. And you're on my heart is the way I call it. And then I, I'm reaching out. Are you all right? What's happening? What's happening? You have a burning, burning feeling in my spirit that, that I need to talk to you, right? It's mm-hmm. not a matter of, oh, but I talked to you two weeks ago and you haven't called me yet. No, I'm reaching out because that is the way I think friendships ought to be, right? It's a feeling mm-hmm. and a two-way feeling, right? And with friendships, it's about being there for the other person. So when I look at it from the perspective of, like you said, let me reach out to them because they're on my heart. That's me reaching out because I want to see, make sure one, they're okay. See if they just need a listening ear. See if they need some money, some food, some whatever But that's all from a posture of service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about a high maintenance friend, that's a person that's looking from the perspective of you serve me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do I really want to be a friend with a person like that? No, no. But but let's go back to our our example, right? Our friendship, your our friendship, right? I can go for a month or two and we don't talk. But the feeling and the commitment and the loyalty never change the moment of our last engagement, right? And I can right. pick up the phone two months later, and or you can pick up the phone, or we can see each other for lunch and say, hey, as if nothing ever happened, picked up right where we left off. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just as intense, the connection that we have. However, there are people that you pick up and you almost have to do a brain dump. It becomes <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like and you know this happened and you know it was raining and all this other stuff and you feel like, oh my god, um, I'm drained after talking to this person because you feel like you have to live up to their expectation of you and you don't know what that is because it was never defined. So it's in their head, right? And you're mm-hmm. climbing this ladder trying to get it get there and you just seem to 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 not be able to 
that's exhausting. It's it's really exhausting. And when I think about um, my question of do I even want to be a friends with a person like that, I may really have to take a deep, sober look at the friendship and say, am I willing to help this person communicate with me in a way that's um, light and empowering? And am I also willing to learn what their needs are? Because you and I have had this friendship for so long, but we understand that there's very little lacking in our connection where we have to, how can I say it? Give each other brownie points. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe goes back to your point about our relationship is not measured. Mm -hmm. So I don't, when we meet for lunch, I don't feel like I have to be dressed to the nines or I got to have lipstick on and what, what will she think if my car is dirty? None of that is there. I just come as I am. It's almost like meeting Jesus. (laughs) I come as I am. And it's light. And we just pick up from where we left off. And you, if I had on a red shoe and a blue shoe, you wouldn't even say, Trish, why do you have on Mitch Mac shoes? You would just start a conversation about whatever we talked about. Because you know, my friend is special. And today she probably felt like, I need to wear a red shoe and a blue shoe. But I'm not going to investigate that because when I investigate it, it's about me needing uh, some type of explanation rather than her getting what she needs from wearing the red shoe and the blue shoe. Yes. I guess that's what you call unconditional love. It is not germane to our relationship that we should we should focus on cosmetic stuff is the way I'd put it, right? It's not, it does not do anything to enrich um our friendship to to stimulate to motivate none of that is based on cosmetics um yes of course if we're going someplace and we want to call each other saying hey his outfit looks appropriate or you know what do you think about this that's that's different right that's different that's right different. but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um some of the cos most of the cosmetic stuff is not really germane to our friendship um, right. Of course, I look like a hobo, and you're gonna say, "Okay, what is happening? <laughs> something, something, <laughs> something is happening, you know." And and let's talk about that right now. But I don't really need to. We don't need to sit here trying to figure out: um, Are we gonna outcompete each other with how we look, where we go, and how much we achieve? That's what I love about having organic friendship. You and I, we don't. We are genuinely happy for each other. We're genuinely um, gel, gel easily. I always say I don't think relationship should be that easy, difficult. shouldn't be that difficult. Right. And when it's that difficult, right. you need to start examining um, that relationship. It's, it should be a mutual understanding, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of goes to scripture stuff too, you know, I mean, or even some of the um, cliches with, we hear birds of a feather flock together, you know, or align yourself with believers sometimes. It goes with that because when you are mutually aligned um, as a friend, you don't need to compete. You don't need to do any of that stuff. You just need to be there 
to be present, to be supportive, to be happy, to be, you know, all of the natural emotions that comes with um, enhanced um, relationship as opposed to, you know, I find joy. There are some friendships that, honestly, I think they really thrilled if, if you do poorly. Right, exactly. And and when you said that about um <laughs> it it made me think about the painful times that I've had in my life. You know, twenty some years you've seen a lot mm-hmm. of things going on in a person's mm-hmm. life. But I'm I feel grateful and privileged that I have someone I can get naked and transparent, snot rolling, sobbing. And I have someone that I can open up to and share that pain with in you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the conversation won't start with when I reach out to you, well, hey, stranger, well, there's the door. <laughs> it's slamming closed because I'm not about to share something that has been so painful when you just labeled me as stranger and not friend. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know why people are reaching out to you. A lot of the times, it's divine moments. Like you said, somebody was on your heart. It was something that you were going to say that they needed to hear. And if you open that line of communication with something negative, like, hey, stranger, or, oh, I'm so shocked you called, or it's about time, you're really blocking opportunities for connection. Mm-hmm. And in this time right now, when we're dealing with the coronavirus and things like that, people are like, oh my goodness, I'm so tired of being in the house. Oh my goodness, I want to be with my friends. I want to see my friends. But what are you going to say when you first see your friend after you got you all get out from this coronavirus? And what you going to say? And you know, honestly, the coronavirus is a blessing in disguise. Because when you think about it in terms of friendships, right? Really, friendship shouldn't be based on. It's almost. It's mostly based on intangibles. It's not based on the intangibles. Right. So for the people who are what I would call, they need you in their presence all the time. Otherwise, you're not a good friend. You've got to spend X amount of time with them. Otherwise, you're not. Life may be very different for you, right? You may be a parent of teenage child, and you have all these commitments, you may have a husband, you may have your time allocated to some parts of your life that you cannot necessarily give so much more to, to your friend. However, a friend who's mutually there with you in kind, in mind, they're not measuring that and thinking about that. You know, they're not thinking about the lack of commitment you have in, relative to your time. But coronavirus allows you to sit and think, right? Because you can't spend time mm-hmm. with them. They can't come see you. They can't do anything with you. But it allows for you to assess and think what you really have. Because in all of the corona stuff, you have a lot of time to pick up the phone and talk, have connections, Zoom, whatever you do, um, Mm -hmm. and have those connections that are not based on physically being in someone's space. Mm -hmm. You know? And the other thing I will say for you and I that I think is, is really one of those things that I've treasured is honesty. Oh my God, mm. if I want someone to give me the real deal, uncensored, uncut, I call the trees. And she told me, 
Oh, that. Oh, okay, Carol, you're showing the ugly right now. She, I mean, I don't have any qualms about honesty. There are people who say they're friends, but they're intimidated to tell you the truth. Yes. Yes. And it's hard to find that person who will be unapologetically honest with you. And there's a way to do it without being, um, without injuring their heart. I've had people tell me, you punch me in my face, but you hold my heart in your hand Mm -hmm. when you're talking to me. So, and they know that the motive of the message is not coming from a place of negative emotion. It's coming from a place where I'm trying to push them beyond whatever this obstacle is or open their eyes to see something that is, is obvious to those around us. But we've all been in that situation. And I can tell you throughout my lifetime, I have struggled to find the friend who is not intimidated by me and who can tell me straight up what what it is. I want the honesty so bad. I'm like thirsty. My throat is parched. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. So there, because I get that from you, there's no way I'm going to screw up our friendship by saying, hey, stranger. Right. Right. Because you're the kind of person and we are the kind of people that if we haven't, if we feel like we, if we feel like I, I, have, a, I have a need for Patrice, I need, you know, you're always going to be there. I know that. No one has to ask me. There's no question mark in my head. I just know that you're always available emotionally or any other support that I would need. You know, you are going to be there. And I, I relish in knowing that the door is always open, you know. Um, I don't mm-hmm. have to censor myself with you. I don't have to worry about, oh, my God, I must have said something that hurt her feelings. I don't have to explain, oh, okay, the definition of this is that. So don't get upset when I use this definition. I have friends like that. I have, I have mm-hmm. friends who I say something and they're, they're literally like, no, this is, you know, you, you just are insensitive because you said that. No, wow. no. And if I have to be around you on pins and needles like that, it doesn't allow for me to be authentically myself. And on my, from, right. from my end, I don't consider that a friendship. Mm-hmm. You may consider it a friendship for you. But for me, that's not a mutual thing. Right. So we're going to take a break. And I think we should come back since we've talked about what um, high-maintenance friendships look like. We want to talk about what healthy friendships look like. Okay. All right. We want to keep lively shows like this one coming your way. So consider making a small donation to this podcast. See you next week. Okay, so we're back and we're ready to jump into what healthy friendships look like. And Carol... I am about to bring up something that is so near and dear to your heart. Um, If you don't want to talk about it, then we'll stop. We'll pause. I'll edit it out and we'll go on with something else. okay? Okay. But I think a healthy friendship can survive some of the most difficult, heart wrenching times in a person's life. Okay. Recently, your mother died. 
And I had known your your mom for years, you know, had the the um the opportunity to spend time with her during family meals and things like that. Juanita was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're morphing into her now every day. <laughs> but when she died, because I do design and print work, you came to me and you asked me to do her program. And I said, okay. And I gave you a quote for the program. You said, Trees, I'm so sorry. I can't afford this right now. This is more than what I thought it would be. Now, don't don't take this as I think you're overcharging me. I just didn't know how much this would cost, but I can't afford this right now. And I said, okay, Carol, that's fine. That's fine. We kept going. I kept checking in on you. I could not attend the funeral, but I made this piece of artwork that your mother wore hat all the time, right? Yeah. And I made this piece of artwork out of all of these family photos. It was collage that formed into one of your mom's hats, which is the image that we were originally going to put on the program. And I had it made. And right now, it sits in your new house where? In my family room. <clears throat> right in my family room. But there is, you know, there is something about having a, a good friendship and a spiritual connection with someone. There really is. I don't really have to explain it. Um, and it's hard to articulate. But going back to the example that you used, when, we came, when you came to my house and we were talking about mom's program you actually said to me Teresa you said actually you walked in and on the coffee table was sitting my mom's hat one of our many hats and you said to me oh my god Carol I had a dream and a vision about this hat you took a picture (laughs) of the hat that was the hat that was supposed to be on the program but what was most um I, I will use the word amazing because it really was one of those moments, is the fact that your vision of that hat is the one that you saw when you walked into the house. And honestly, and this is why um, it's hard to explain really good friendships, because somehow you have that spiritual connectedness that you don't necessarily have to explain. It's fluid. It's organic. It just happens. And it's hard to quantify Mom would have been amazed. It's that hat that sits in my family room with all those pictures um, superimposed into the hat. It's it's um it's a moment that is all filled, and it's a moment of of almost the divine. But it actually speaks to um, a connectedness on a higher level. It is how a friendship is, though. Right? It is how our friendship is timeless. It so is. Yeah. And and you know what I what could have happened was you could have gotten offended that I didn't meet whatever budget you had. 
or you could have gotten offended that I could have gotten offended that you didn't find a way to pay for the services. We we both could have taken offense on so many different levels, but we didn't. And the fact that what was once supposed to be for a program, which you probably right now maybe have five mm-hmm. copies of, ended up turning into a mm-hmm. piece of wall art that is going to be timeless in your family room, mm-hmm. in your home. And that's a metaphor for our friendship. This one instance didn't define our friendship. Right. And that's the example of healthy friendship, isn't it? It is that you have the understanding, even in times of grief, you have this understanding that this person in your life is for your best good, right? And that mm-hmm. you don't have to question that no matter what's going on. Because I couldn't have imagined that that was what you would have done. And this image become a timeless piece that can carry on from one generation to the next. It is more than the wall art. It is even um, the pictures, over 150 pictures of our family in that art, in the body of that, that hat. So... It's a right. it's a piece that could go on for generations, and 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 you're right. Programs people take a program when they go to a funeral or a service somewhere, and eventually winds up recycled. It's a piece of paper, or right. it gets so uh, dated that you know you can't even see. It's kind of yellowed and frail. But this is a total different. And and you're right. It becomes this metaphor. It becomes you know. Um, an ex- a, a living, breathing example of what friend- good friendships are like, right? Good friendships are. Because we never stop yeah. to question. I, don't, I never, I, you never stop to think, well, geez, you know, um, goodness, I'm going to take offense to that or or I'm I'm going to take offense or you're going to take offense to that because we just have to think, we, and not even just have to think, but look how things work out in the end. But if you were in good friendships, you allow things to kind of um, happen organically. If you, if we were to stop the friendship, because that's what people do, most people do, put a pause on it because this is a, another example of how disappointing this is, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then you put a pause on it indefinitely, and you've ruined a truly good friendship based off something that you probably won't even remember why. Exactly, exactly, and it's it, we we stay in a place where we were still trying to. Serve one another. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we had the space and the freedom in our friendship where you didn't go broke trying to pay for services that you couldn't afford. And you had the space to be able to be honest with me and know that there would not be any repercussions from you being honest and saying, right now, I just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And then... Me being able to say, I'm not going to make it to mm-hmm. your mom's funeral, but still having the, the, the wanting to serve you, I got to give her something, something, you know, to let her know I loved her mom. I love her family. I've been there when there were only two kids and now <laughs> there's three and two grandchildren. And so I had the space to have the creative freedom to come up with the concept. 
And you know what? And, and this is the thing that we don't understand in friendships. That's how to explain. Good friendships are this way. When you trust that the person is for your best good, because you couldn't have imagined that after I said that, then even the even when you said, Carol, um, because of my schedule, um, you'd have to pick up the programs um, at another location. And in my head, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my God, how am I going to be able to fit in um, finding another, uh, some more time to be able to do this in such a short time? And who could have imagined that the church does a program? The church also knows the order of the program. That's another piece of it. <laughs> that the, the, you, know, the, you know, the way it flowed, I wasn't privy to that. I could have only tell, tell them. These are the songs that I wanted, that she wanted, but the flow of it, and that's a service that the church, my church provides for, um, for its members. But I could have never um, um, seen that happen the way it did. And that happened, and mm-hmm. everything was, was fine. So again, having a good friendship allows for the give and take, it allows for the mutual understanding allows for um, giving, allowing yourself to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and even allowing God to make things happen the way it should, right? So it becomes a, right. it's a fluid motion as opposed to let me interject myself and be mad because I don't have the budget or that, you know, whatever it is, um, and that becomes a hindrance and that becomes something that ruins good friendships. Right. So when we come back, I want us to play a little game. We're going to play the game of speaking like um, a healthy friend. Okay. So I'm going to throw out the negative phrases because that's where I'm good at. And (laughs) And you're going to throw out the counter positive phrases that that are a better way to say things because that's just how we are. That's our yin and your yang. Okay. <laughs> That's what we do. So we're going to come back with those phrases, and hopefully that'll give people tips and understanding how they can change their language to improve their friendships. Okay. Hey, Manage Up Tribe. Remember to subscribe to the Manage Up podcast so you can stay connected. Get social with us on Facebook and Instagram. Join the follow-up conversations after this show on our profile pages. But remember, keep it positive because we're here to empower the Manage Up tribe. Okay, so we're back and we're ready to play the game. What should we call the game? Um, what should we call the game? Um, what what I should do best. Okay. What I should do best. Okay. Um, you don't ever call me. Um, <laughs> um, can you call me more? Okay. All right. You know what? I think I'm going to change the game already. Okay. Because it's not fair that you always have to do the positive. So okay. let's do it. Okay. all back okay. and forth. Okay. All right. Your turn. You don't ever call me. 
How often do you need to be called? Because I want to help meet your needs. Okay, okay, that's good. That <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a mind reader. I don't know when you need to be called. Because once you, if you tell me every day, I'm gonna tell you I can't meet your needs. But this is what mm-hmm. I can do. I can call you two times a okay. week. Okay. That way, that levels out your expectations of when to hear from me. Maybe you're going to put together a little list of agenda items for the things we need to talk about so you can make sure you cover everything that's on your mind. But I need to know what you're needing. Well, I, I absolutely love that because I don't know if I would have I would have said that. But actually, that makes sense. I think I'm going to apply that to conversations. Okay, here's another one. You're okay. always judgmental. Mm. (laughs) Um, what name three things I've judged you on lately so that I can speak to those and get an understanding of how I need to change how I communicate with you because my goal is to help you be a better you but if you don't want help in that area then I need to back off Okay, good. I like that. Um, okay. You never have time. Hmm. That again goes back to how much time do you need? Yeah. What does what does time commitment look like in a friendship to you? Okay. Whenever I invite you. You never come. Is there a way I can help you make it to some of the events I have? I know sometimes there are so many different factors involved, like gas, babysitters, um, something to wear. You know, are those things, any of those things hindering you from making it to my event? Okay. Okay, one last thing. You live too far. You live so far away. Well, what this is dirty. Um, I'm measuring the stick because far to measure a distance, you have to have a starting point. So is the starting point your house? Because if it is. The distance from your house to my house is the same distance from my house to your house. So I'm trying to understand <laughs> where far comes in. How um, um do you want to meet in the middle? Like, should we find a city or a location? Because we live in the Washington, D.C. metro. You live in the Virginia suburbs, and I live in D.C. So... There are several times when we have met, like, midpoint, you know, mm-hmm. to make it convenient mm-hmm. for each other. But there are also times when we know I got to go all the way in or she has to come all the way mm-hmm. into the city. We mm-hmm. just know this. So that's part of the requirement for the friendship. I have to be willing to make that difference. So why are you unwilling to make the difference? There's... um. Your perception of the value of our friendship is lacking in some way. And I need to understand where that value deficit lies. Oh, my. 
I I think I need to have you on my call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna have to have you because you need to be in my ear going, okay, this because most times when I get hit with some of those negative, and you know, I'm I I I have words are not my um issue. I've got a lot of them, <laughs> but sometimes it <laughs> sometimes it leads me to just uh sit there and go, wow, I don't have words for this. I. Uh, I have one. Okay. Why did you cut or color your hair like that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what color would be best suited for you? Yeah, you're a good one. You're a good one. Because I, when did my hair color and my hairstyle reflect upon you? That is the good, that is a, okay, that is a most direct. <laughs> That's the only way I know how to go. <laughs> point, right? That is the most direct way to say it. Uh, what does this have to do with the price of right. eggs? Um, how related is my hair color to our friendship? Why is it a hindrance to you? But then here it is as people, um, instead of lifting each other up, we, we have to criticize. I mean, if I want to dye my hair gray, which, which I never do, um, but if I do, that what does that have to do with anything? Well, another and why does that become your right? Thing? But I guess another way to say it is, oh, you changed your hair color. Period. And interestingly enough, Trees, you change your hair color quite mm-hmm. a bit, but I don't ever stop to think that. Oh, today is green. I don't stop to think that, because I guess I don't sum, uh, sum you up by. All of the external and uh, you know the, the 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 visual things, I sum you up by things that you can quantify, qualitative things, mm-hmm. right? It's not it's not cosmetic stuff. Um, green or any color is not a reflection of who you are, the heart of who you are, and the heart of our friendship. But that's why it works for us. Yeah, because you're honest and. If I, I mean, if you knew that I was on the deep end, you would sit me down and reel me in. I mean, because I don't want the audience to believe that we don't necessarily pull each other in and say, okay, we we have some heart, good heartfelt talks if we find that the other person needs it. Yeah, and and it's like, as we close this conversation, I think the main point I want people to think about is before you greet or say something to someone who you consider your friend, um, take away the material things in the conversation. Take away things like clothing or how they wear their clothes or makeup or any of those aesthetics. Remove those. Remove the desire to want to place blame. When you start the sentence with you, you're making a statement of blame. So instead of you never call me, it's I miss you so much. It's so good to hear from you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes, because, I, but that, and Trees, 
some of our conversations are like that. You will start them that way. Carol, I miss you. What are you doing? That's such so refreshing because that puts into context really how you feel, mm-hmm. right? But I think what we haven't talked about is the fact that some people just, it's hard to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? It is hard. And in friendships, in relationships, vulnerability is, is, can make or break us, right? It is really hard to be vulnerable. You have to really trust your heart uh, and trust the relationship outside of your control. And if you are a control freak, and some people are, and in some things I am, it becomes difficult for you to allow your feelings to be that, um, to be entrusted to someone else. And that kind of um, speaks to the heart of the matter. Having been a person who struggled with vulnerability, I had to be honest with myself to say, I'm a coward right now when it comes to my heart. So why even pursue this friendship? Because I'm really not ready to be a friend unless I'm ready to be brave enough to be bare. And so you've heard the saying of hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. because my heart has been hurt and I'm not willing to be vulnerable in this friendship. What I'm going to do is constantly place blame or wait on you to try and pat and coax my heart into being healthy again. But that's not what's going to happen. That's not the way it's going to happen. It can only happen by you being brutally honest with yourself about what your problems are in relation to being able to be vulnerable with other people. Why am I apprehensive? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, Many of us have chosen the wrong people to be vulnerable with. So the truth of the matter is you don't know how to pick good friends. (laughs) (laughs) And you need to take some kind, get somebody to teach you, somebody around you who you know has had long lasting, solid, firm, good friendships. Teach me how to pick out a good friend. Because you need that help. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really um that is really fundamentally one of those critical things we need to do. <clears throat> I come to Jesus meeting, right. right? You gotta and sometimes you have to say, Okay, enough already. I've done this this way all my life. I keep picking up the riffraff. <laughs> but you gotta be brave <laughs> enough to be by yourself. Some of us scared to be by ourselves. You got to learn how to love you and and learn you. Know what you need. Know um, what you can give. Know how you communicate with us. Many of us don't even know that until somebody brings it to our attention and we have one of these light bulb moments. But take some time and study you. Write down what you need, what you want, what your fears are you know, where your strengths lie, get to know you because until you can do that, you'll never be brave enough to be a healthy friend to someone else. Oh my goodness. That really, that's it. That's it. You know, and that, and that's, that actually speaks to what we originally started off with. It, this is a, how fluid our relationship is. You can actually paint the picture and summarize everything, and I don't even need to um, to add anything else because you've actually captured the essence of everything else. 
I'm thinking about or how I, I, I would articulate it. And that's the thing we didn't even touch on, Trace. You and I have a way of sometimes we talk and we kind of talk around each other because we almost know what we're going to say. I'll start off saying whatever mm-hmm. it is, you in your head already know where I'm going to go with it. You start off with something else and we just keep going <laughs> like that. Yes. And we've had other people witness our conversations and like, how do they keep up with each other? Because there are parts of our conversation that is unsaid, but we leap off into the next element of the topic of conversation without speaking about the bridge that takes us to the next place. And people are sitting there like, oh, my God, they're lunatics. They are crazy. They are insane. How do they do this? But that's what a real connection looks like. You've seen husbands and wives or partners. They have these um, unspoken communications that they're full. They're like a whole 500-word essay, but they do not speak a word out of their mouth. That. (laughs) <laughs> I've had that connection once in my life with a male partner. And I can tell you, it is so freeing. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You understand each other so well. Um, but I'm grateful. I am grateful for the fact that I don't have to censor myself. I am grateful for the fact that I don't have to... Um, question after get off the phone did I say all the right things I'm grateful that our relationship doesn't have a measured effect where okay Teresa called me today I'm gonna call her next week this time mm-hmm. yeah or I sat down and recorded a podcast with her now I owe her something <laughs> oh she has to oh, or she one. owes me that's something a good one. because I did this with her so now she got to do this with me Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a whole other podcast. (laughs) I owe you you something. (laughs) Why? (laughs) This is why I love you to the mountaintops and back, Carol. You are my girl. Same here. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I hope everybody in the Manitoba tribe gets, you know, some good nuggets from our conversation and it takes them to another place where they can manage up. Thanks, Trace. I love you, All girl. Right. Bye. We want to keep lively shows like this one coming your way. So consider making a small donation to this podcast. See you next week. Manage up, you gotta Stand your ground and know what's up and get your point across Peacefully, get your point across Intelligently, hey Manage up, you gotta Stand your ground and know what's up and get your point across